Here we are, December the 27th, 2016, at the conclusion of the second season of the Startup Canada podcast. And look, we can't thank you enough, our 30,000 plus listeners across Canada, for joining us every Tuesday to hear stories direct from Canada's entrepreneurship community. Wow, 30,000 plus, that's freaking amazing. Thank you also to our guests, all 52 of them this year, for making the show what it is, Canada's top, not second, not third, not fourth, but top startup podcast and thank you to our sponsors into it true shield.ca rebel.com and geotab and of course to our friends at beta kit for helping to make this show possible we had an amazing year here on the show and let's kind of take a look back win found boat founder tony lacavera love it rock and roll star he is told us what it's like to go up against the big guys and disrupt industries then there was sean mccormick the founder of manitoba mucklucks he joined us to talk about how entrepreneurship can unleash the potential of indigenous youth PR guru, Lindsay Boyd. Gotta say, one of my favorite all-time interviews. This woman was amazing. She offered tips on becoming brand famous. And then there was Wattpad founder, Alan Lau, who offered advice for perseverance in the face of startup hardships. Now to look ahead, we're working on an amazing line of guests for 2017, and we can't wait to share them with you. Over next year, our lineup of episodes will celebrate the diversity of Canada's entrepreneurship community with stories from across the nation. And to give you just a taste, that's right, sit down, grab the fork and knife, and also a big bib, because we're going to sit down with the founder of Canada's largest organic craft brewery. We're going to sit down with young legends making international headlines and seasoned angel investors with decades of experience funding the next big thing. We'll be back every Tuesday at the same place and same time, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Atlantic, 11.30 Newfoundland, and 9 a.m. Central. Until then, follow us on Twitter at Startup underscore Canada for the latest news, stories, and opportunities for Canada's entrepreneurship community. Happy New Year, Startup Canadians. Coming up next, our guest is going to be Rick Finney. He's the founder of The Launch. We'll be talking about the lifelong pursuit of entrepreneurship, his advocacy work, and the anti-American dream. You don't want to miss this one. Stay tuned for this after these messages. December is a month of celebration, togetherness, and tying off loose ends and imagining the future. If I can offer one culture tip for this moment, it would be to create a culture plan for the new year. Culture doesn't just happen, you need to make it happen. In general, a company's most expensive asset is its people. So it surprises me when companies fail to develop a culture or people plan that invests to grow that asset. Write a mission statement, define company values, build a culture roadmap as you would approach a product, measure, adapt, and make culture a priority. At Rebel, we make it a priority to have some fun together each quarter. We have a budget, a strategy, and a plan to keep our culture vibrant. As a team, we've gone curling to the trampoline park, then escape rooms and thrown axes. Doing this kind of thing doesn't need to be expensive. We've had just as much fun hosting poker tournaments and playing party games in the office. 
A great culture is easy to grow, but it takes energy and some planning, so it needs to be considered as part of your business. Until next month, this has been Rob Villeneuve, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding an available website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen a .ca domain name for their business. Choose your .ca domain name at cira.ca forward slash startup today. Disruption, investment, work-life balance. Delving deep on the topics that matter most for entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett, the CEO at coachingbyrockstars.com. Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the rallying network uniting Canada's entrepreneurship community. And on this podcast, we connect you, the idea person, the startup founder, the creative thinker with the movers and shakers of Canadian entrepreneurship. On the show, we will fill you in on the trends, opportunities, and possibilities of your next steps as an entrepreneur. And we're going to have amazing conversations on advancing entrepreneurial success and growth in Canada. If you are a regular Startup Canada podcast listener, welcome back and thanks. To any of our new listeners, remember to subscribe to the Startup Canada podcast on the iTunes stores and then visit StartupCan.com. .ca to become a member of Startup Canada and get access to mentors, resources, support, and opportunities to start and grow your business. Okay, folks, uh, it's Rivers with the Startup Canada podcast show, and I am so excited today to be talking to Richard Finney, the founder of the launch from Regina, Saskatchewan. And one of the reasons I'm excited to talk to him is because not only is he an entrepreneur himself, but he is also involved quite uh, a lot with building entrepreneurial communities and approaches to fostering collaboration in communities to foster growth. So his charity of choices like mine is it's all about helping the entrepreneurs, helping the startups. Richard is a technology consultant and entrepreneur advocate. And as I said, he's an entrepreneur himself as the CEO of Packetwire Communications. He's also the founder of the launch, which is making Regina a better place for entrepreneurs to succeed. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, Richard. Thanks so much for having me, Rivers. Yeah, it's great to uh, great to chat. Well, look, my friend, you have been you have said that you work hard to disrupt the status quo to create a better Canadian entrepreneurship community. That's I love the word disrupt. I think it's so 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 cool. So you work hard to do that to disrupt. Where's that passion come from with evangelizing about uh, and promoting entrepreneurship and you know what what. what What's that driving force that uh, that's created that within you? So for me, I think that comes from um, two areas specifically. Uh, first off, you know, I personally believe that right now, 
there's an amazing opportunity for anyone to start a business, a side project or a venture. I mean, let's face it, um, the access to, to the audience, market data and information is really unprecedented compared now compared to what it was has been in the past. Um, secondly, totally. you know, secondly, well, I, you know, I won't sugarcoat it, you know, Running a business, starting and running a business is hard work. It's also likely one of the most fulfilling things somebody can do with their life. Um, and so as a person, I think it's the best way to find out more of what you're made of. And that's really why I'm so passionate about it. I think it can help people figure out who they are, but also help them, you know, basically start doing something that they're passionate about. Very cool. Are you originally from Saskatchewan? Yeah, I grew up in, in rural Saskatchewan, actually, in a small town of about 400 people on a good day. Um, and so it was uh, it's definitely a different experience living out there, you know, when you compare it to kind of what um, what some of the larger centers are. And, you know, I've kind of had the opportunity to see some of the larger centers and, and be involved with them. But all the while, yes. kind of keeping in mind the roots that I have to, to Saskatchewan, especially small town. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I, I'm from the Maritimes and, uh, I always felt a kinship to Saskatchewan, uh, although your economy is doing much better than the lot of them here in the, in the Maritimes, <laughs> but, uh, there's a kinship of, uh, I think, uh, you know, pen pals, um, uh, brothers and sisters in arms because we, we didn't really get a lot of respect during the, uh, the journey of, 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 uh, of the development of Canada. So it's, uh, it's great to talk to somebody who's from Saskatchewan and uh, for those who have never been to the province, kind of tell us what's the climate like for entrepreneurs like us. Is there stuff that's happening that uh, is really cool, that's that's trendy, that only Saskatchewan is doing? Or uh, tell us what's going on. You know, I guess what's interesting is that is that people wouldn't expect the entrepreneurial spirit to be strong in Saskatchewan at all. Uh, but in my opinion, it's actually quite the opposite. Um, you know, while you may not see startups of the traditional sense, maybe that. Like maybe there isn't tech, big tech startups coming up in this area. Um, you still see a lot of people who've kind of made the leap in kind of the more traditional sense. And then what mm-hmm. this and what what this has done is kind of created this cascade effect from generation to generation that even though, you know, we don't have people maybe building, you know, the next large tech company or things like that, they still carry that spirit with them. And I think that's kind of led to some people working on some very interesting things. Yeah, I look. I love that comment because I'm. I mean, I'm a. I'm a believer that entrepreneurship is a village approach, and uh, when I see a sector getting all the love and attention, it, I think it really starts to damage the the spirit within the whole village of entrepreneurship. And so that's wonderful to hear that uh, others are embracing you know things beyond tech. Don't get me wrong, tech is great. I love innovation. I love the guys and gals that hang out in that space. And it's not their issue. It's it's the cultural issue of understanding. Understanding that entrepreneurship is is more than uh, more than the great stuff that the tech guys are doing. So, have, have you always been an entrepreneur from four hundred people? And was there an entrepreneurial connection to uh, to uh, to your to your small town? Ta- was it a village or a town? I guess technically, according to the, according to population, it was a village. But you know, for me, I've always been the kind of person that's that's always been working on something. And I think I attribute yes. a lot of that to to my parents and to kind of how I grew up there. So they were small business right. owners kind of be long before the term entrepreneur became popular. Yeah. Um, yeah they just went to work, right? I, that's what it was. That's right. That's right. So yeah. I remember sitting, you know, in their shop in the evenings on weekends, you know, soaking up everything I could. And, and, you know, while their story wasn't kind of the runaway success story, it was more of a realistic one. And so, yes, you know, I came away with a lot of that, 
knowing the challenges that, you know, kind of small business owners and business owners are facing. And, you know, and that I took those, took that feedback. You know, I started my first business when I was 12, my second one at 16 and kind of been kind of building on that since. And so but I think a lot of that comes back to attributed to kind of sitting in their shop and, and kind of seeing what they're going, going through as I grew up. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. So let's kind of take, continue on with that, uh, with that, uh, you know, that, that, that conversation around entrepreneurship and Regina becoming what it was, which should rightly be, uh, yes, an entrepreneurial hotspot in my opinion and be proud of it. But, uh, um, you know, that's not what, as you mentioned, people naturally think about, can you, can you paint some pictures for us of some of the other parts and pieces of entrepreneurship in Regina that are happening? And we, you know, we talked about uh, you know, the non-tech stuff. So can you dig a little deeper in that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I completely agree that, you know, people don't necessarily see it as a, as an entrepreneurial hotspot. That's for sure. Um, one thing I've noticed is that definitely locally that people are building some really interesting things, but aren't necessarily telling the world as much as they should. Um, right. So what you'll, so what you'll find here is kind of a focus in the startup scene on giving back and local communities. So we have, we have things like, you know, food startups. Um, there's a couple of companies locally that are, you know, connecting local producers, which obviously is big in Saskatchewan, to to the community in kind of new and different ways. We have, you know, fitness startups that are focused on giving back as much as they are and providing, you know, people a healthy a kind of allowing people to lead healthier lives. And then it's kind of a mix of right. other stuff, right? We have, you know, we have real estate startups, um, high tech things like virtual reality and augmented reality there's a couple companies here that are doing amazing things in that space that people don't really know that they're here and doing that but you know there's a lot of different kind of combinations of things and then like you said before there's kind of the traditional you know businesses and so i think because it's really a mixed market uh by nature of this i think there's i think that leads almost to regina and to saskatchewan um kind of sailing under the radar a little bit because we don't necessarily have a specific niche that that we're working in but right. there's lots of interesting things, things that are happening, obviously in Regina and then as well as Saskatchewan as a whole. Yeah, so you not might not be the prettiest girl on the planet, but you're sure the one that people want to marry, right? <laughs> that's, that's how I look at that one. Because <laughs> yeah, long term, exactly. they're the ones that are going to look after you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how does exactly. uh, tell us about the launch and how does that fit into uh, you know the entrepreneurial uh, endeavors and uh, um, um, movement that's happening in Regina, your, your organization, the launch. Sure. Yeah. So basically the launch came from my personal desire to basically uh, build things, but it was more rooted in my experience um, as an IT consultant with our kind of IT consulting world with Packawire. Um, so it, well, 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 basically at during my business at Packawire, you know, I, I had the opportunity to work with many entrepreneurs and business owners, and I recognized that many of them were basically essentially working in isolation. And they right. were attempting to reinvent the wheel each time something came up. And so really the the idea of the launch came from the fact that um, there was available while there was available was sorry while there was organizations that were available to assist these they were fragmented and so the launch really essentially created um, that kind of the the MVP of that was essentially an entrepreneurial support group um, for lack of a better term um, since then it obviously it's evolved into supporting a specific niche that that kind of the digital creators and make your space. Um, but really that, you know, that's really what it's about is kind of helping these people connect with each other first and foremost, mm-hmm. so they can help resolve issues and, 
and work through things in a manner that, you know, doesn't involve them having to, you know, like I said, reinvent the wheel or kind of do things over again. So. Yeah, I love it. Is you know, I I uh, I hang out in um, uh, a similar environment, although it is uh, multi multi focused here in in Fredericton called Planet Hatch, and I always refer to it as the Entrepreneurs Clubhouse, where we can all come, we speak the same language, we're playing the same game, and we can commiserate, celebrate, and have beer with each other. And so, so uh, I love that, that 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 bringing people together physically offline. I think is important and I'm, I'm sure you have uh, online activities and connections also but uh, I think that offline thing is is pretty cool well we talked about packet wire communications and um, can you can you talk about that organization and what's the niche what's the the need the problem the pain point that you saw when you started uh, packet wire communications and and tell us a little bit about your journey Sure, absolutely. So basically, you know, and I'm going to use the term Packwire Communications was a boutique IT consulting company. And there's actually there's, <laughs> okay. there's a good lesson in there, actually, that that, that I want to touch on. And um, so basically, the, the okay. idea of that organization was to help small businesses, uh, um, entre- like owners and entrepreneurs understand technology. And, you know, like like I said before, I did mean to use the term was there because as this, this is actually a company that I recently wound down actually in in just the last month. Um, and okay. I think this is personally a great lesson um, f- for most entrepreneurs. And the, the lesson here is that just because you've done something doesn't mean you always have to keep doing it. Um, right on. So a lot of time. Yep. So, yeah. So a lot of times, you know, we're influenced by things like sunk time bias, right? The concept that we've spent so much time doing something that we have mm-hmm. to keep doing it. But for me, while I was still having a great love of technology, um, I wanted to f- focus on building things, whether that be community or products or businesses. And so I kind of shifted my focus. And part of the shifting that focus was identifying areas that I potentially could, you know, whether it be shut down or pivot or whatever it might be. And so and pack of our communications was one of those, right? And so I think that in itself is a good lesson that, you know, even though it's something that, you know, was relatively successful, and I was able to help a lot of people. For me, I need to identify, okay, what's the next step? And the next step was basically turning that guy down and repositioning myself to really help help the community, whether it be through the launch or through other ventures. Did you have a, a situation, um, uh, Richard, in your, in your life that caused you that have that aha moment or was it a annoying kind of, no, I, there's something and you just finally, you listened to, uh, to that little voice in your, in your head that said, uh, you know, you got, you got to, uh, you got to move in another direction to be happy. I, you know, I think it was more of a gradual, I, I don't think necessarily there was a there was a moment specifically that that um, that you know flipped the switch for me, but I think it was just the right. gradualness of you know I was looking at some of the other entrepreneurs and what they were doing, comparing it to kind of where I was at, and I realized that you know if I really wanted to help them or kind of you know yes. help this community out, I needed to do a couple of different things. One of them was you know not just focus on tech space tech space obviously and helping these people in tech space was great but if i could step back and help them out in a broader capacity then i'll do mm-hmm. that and then also i wanted to kind of lead by example and start you know i was telling people to you know start small build projects do these things but and then i was focusing on a business that basically had been running for several years and for me it's like you know what i actually want to do this as well as say it so right 
I, I, one of the things that you're saying, and I and I don't know if it's intentionally or not, but you, you keep referencing the, the word projects. And uh, there was a young entrepreneur, uh, Alec Lemon Levin from Toronto. I was interviewing a while ago, and uh, and I asked him what's the biggest lesson he learned in that first year, and he said, "I wouldn't have called myself a startup." He said, "I would have said I'm doing projects. I'm doing a project. I'm doing a project." So to hear you reinforce that through whether or not it's intentional or not is so cool to hear because I think that makes that initial journey much more comfortable for an entrepreneur where the expectations might not be as high than as they say, yeah, I'm doing a startup. I started a business. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and I completely agree. And I think, to be honest, a lot of the things I refer to are projects. Um, Okay. um, because I have, I always have the mantra of kind of start, start now. And so by doing yes. that, um, yeah. you know, I kind of not, maybe it's hesitant to go all in on things until I actually have done maybe the legwork and also identified um, how the market responds to a certain project, right? I could have, I could do a lot of market validation in advance, sure. And I could, I could talk to and they, they could all say it's a great idea, but until I actually put it out to the world, um, I won't know that for certain. And so, and, right. and so the idea of starting small, starting basically taking on a side project or a small project, putting it out to the world and getting, you know, market feedback or getting validation on it as to whether it's a good idea, then maybe I take that and transition that into um, a full-fledged business. But I think, I think I like the concept of projects myself too, because then I'm not going all in on something. Um, which I think at some point you need to do. But I think at first, if you consider it as projects, then then in your mind, it's not like, oh, my God, it doesn't end up being bigger than it has to be. Yeah. So you're a big fan of uh, dating many people then. <laughs> yeah, I guess for lack of a better <laughs> term. Sure. Don't, just, just don't tell my wife, right? So. Yeah, right on. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I, um, I use the the dating reference a lot when it comes to building success for businesses, and that's why I kind of throw that in there. But it really works so well, and uh, you know, so many different nuances you can have uh, as as part of that analogy. So uh, I uh, I understand through the researchers that uh, that launch uses Slack. Um, what advice do you have for other startup community? builders on uh, on how to better how, you know, how to foster better communications and, and enhance collaboration uh, using technologies resources like slack or anything else yeah I think there's a I think there's a great um, there's a great kind of comment in there and, and great I think specifically especially with the launch um, communication tools such as slack Facebook all those are huge because the launch community you, you know basically we cater to the digital creators and those types of things that are like nationwide. So we're not working necessarily locally, even though a big, a big proponent of our of our kind of you know community is local at this time. Um, but mm-hmm. I think without those tools, we likely wouldn't have the community that we have. So I think there's an important lesson, even just for builders, like community builders who look just locally. Um, you know, while local meetups can be great, um, if you can find where your members hang out in a digital space and build a community there, you'll kind of do wonders for, for cultivating that better community. Um, I think the key there too is, is going where your members are and not expecting them to come to you. Um, So for example, when I started, 
the launch, you know, I wanted to primarily use Slack. It's a tool that I'm familiar with, and it's a tool yep. um, that some of the some of the people that I talked to were familiar with. But one thing I found out over time was that a lot of the the community members that were that also were interested in joining the launch. Uh, um, we're more familiar with Facebook. And so what we've done is we actually created, you know, almost a separate community there where people can use that tool because they're familiar with it instead of me trying to force everybody to use something that maybe they're not familiar with or something or someplace that they don't normally do on a daily basis. I, you know, I, a little earlier, I referenced the fact of you doing a face to face and, um, um, I, uh, I, I did also reference about using online, but like, so you use Slack, you use Facebook and so on, but is there a, is there a face to face component to what, what it is you're doing at the, at the launch? Yeah, there definitely is. And I think right now, um, like I said, because because our community is is primarily local here in Regina, and that's one of the areas that I focus in. Because you know, for me, I I, I notice the gaps here because I'm here. Uh, yes. So we we have done a lot of different things to try to improve that entrepreneurial community. Obviously, including a mix of online and offline type events. Um, you know, we work with different organizations who are, who are trying to basically do similar things. And I think it goes back to kind of building that overall entrepreneurial community. I think it's not just yes. one person who's out there trying to do it, but I think if you kind of get different different people in different organizations on board with the same common goal you can you can help yes. achieve some of these things so yeah it's a mix definitely of online offline events um you know and then you know if we extend out depending on how far we go maybe we'll carry that that same that same method to other communities as we grow well, it's uh, the other thing I love what you've done in, uh, as part of your your business model is adapted based on what the needs are of the clients and the, you've, and the reference points have, have been implied there through this conversation. But, um, you know, I, 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 when I'm working with new entrepreneurs there, I got to get a, I got to get on Facebook. I got to get on Facebook. And, you know, 99% of the times that's great to do that. But then I, but I always challenge them with why. Because they think, because everybody else is doing it, that they need to do it. But if their audience isn't there, if their client isn't there, then why bother hanging out on Facebook when everybody you want to talk to is over on Twitter? doesn't make any sense. So I love that flexibility you've tied into into, uh, the launch in order to... could bring the network together, but using different neighborhood technologies to be able to do that. So uh, very, very cool. And a great lesson to the entrepreneurs that are now listening to, uh, to this, to this podcast. So on that whole thing of, uh, of networking, uh, besides the launch, um, what have you personally found has worked well for you in uh, in uh, building networks and um, and and for and for your business, Packet Wire Communications, when you were when you had that group. You know, it's funny is that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty old school when it comes to networking, you know, it's a, uh, you know, I wouldn't say there's a specific tool or a specific network that has contributed significantly one in one particular sense, but more, I guess, more so for me, it's just my willingness to just go out and talk to people. Right. And so, you know, I actually blog about this some time ago um but s- several years ago i basically i went over a, on 150 lunches in one year and the, just for the simple fact of basically nice. sitting down with people and just, just having a conversation you know some of them maybe were potential clients some of them were collaborators some of them maybe just were people that you know it seemed interesting and seemed like they had an interesting story to share but i think just the, just the effort and going out and making those conversations happen um kind of led yes. me to make you know contacts you know connections friends allies 
ties, whatever you want to call them, and help me kind of do some of the things that I've been able to do. So like like I said, for me, it's you know, it's picking up the phone, it's kind of going a little old school, maybe not using some of the tools and some of the some of the modern technologies, but just making that kind of one-to-one connection with people, I think is really important. Well, it's, you say you say it's old school, but ultimately it's school, right? Because uh, there's still a population that that's that's what they how they resonate, how they connect with, and uh, and so uh, yeah, we we do say it's it's old school, but I still think it's just school, and, and it's what's important for you and the person that you quote unquote want to date when it comes to the networking side of it. So uh, yeah, very very interesting insight. Well, my friend, uh, this has uh, been an amazing conversation. Regina is so freaking lucky to have you there, and uh, they're so freaking lucky that you had that uh, that transition from uh, from uh, Packet Wire to, to 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 build the launch and to continue to develop it. And so, the um, the the last words are going to be yours. What uh, what reflections, or comments, or whatever that do you have for for entrepreneurs specifically? Specifically, as it relates to small and remote towns, it's the, the, the they all you know. We always think the big guys are easy, but what about the the four hundred population base, the five thousand population base, those types of those types of communities that say well, we couldn't do that because we're too small and it would never work here. You know, it's funny. I think there's an opportunity there. And I think the simplest piece of advice is don't be afraid to reach out to somebody. Right. And whether that's, you know, whether that's a, a large organization or it's a kind of a national organization, like what we're obviously what I'm trying to do at the launch. But there's a multitude of people that you can talk, talk to. But really, on a much simpler scale, don't be afraid to tap on the shoulder of the local business owner who's maybe not working in the exact same field as you, but he's probably going through some of the similar challenges that you are. Right. All right. you need really is that you can basically all it takes is a couple people advocating to make a community better to kind of start creating change right and then you can start tapping into some of the other larger centers you can start making those connections and kind of bringing some right. of that information and bringing some of those you know lessons learned things like that back to your community and really at the end of the day all that stuff all those things just help improve and make that community better so i think there's an opportunity there but i think really the simplest piece of advice is just don't be afraid to ask yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, I uh, I love that, and what I what I love is you don't necessarily have to have the network just in your own hometown in order to create a powerful network that can impact your hometown. And uh, and I think that came through very very cool, man. Well, look, uh, ladies and gentlemen from Startup World from coast to coast on the Startup Canada podcast, we've been privileged to have Richard Finney with us today. He's the co-founder of the launch, and I would highly, highly recommend you go check out his website to learn how to do it properly. And knowing Richard as he is, he may be from Saskatchewan, but like the Maritimes, we share with everybody. So uh, you can go to www.thelaunch.ca to check out the magic that's happening and um, and I'll leave it to you to network with Richard. Thanks Richard so much for being on the podcast today. You were a rock star man. Thanks again. Thank you for joining us today on the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly program dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every Canadian. 
Want access to even more amazing entrepreneur content? Well, then make sure you check out startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events. And my name is Rivers Corbett. I'm your host. As always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter at Rivers Corbett. I do the same thing with conveying all kinds of cool ideas and uh, conversations with entrepreneurs around the planet to help you guys have super success. Until next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you now with a sneak peek of next week's episode. This is Bobby Paydell, founder and creative director of Tribe of Lambs, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. Ultimately, how do you create a sustainable business model that allows you to survive while changing the lives of those these children? Because I don't want people to think that this is about you being in poverty. There's a, there's a sustainability also with you as you're as you're fulfilling your cause. Totally. So, I mean, our business model has shifted a few times since we started and which I think it has to as first time entrepreneurs you know we create a business model with all these amazing ideas and like structured out and then you know we have to be fluid with the realities and the losses and the mistakes that arise with starting Uh a business and I mean the fact is we aren't working for personal monetary gain of course we we need to find a way to and we are finding a way to sustain ourselves which is awesome because we do sell a product we're still a social business in the way that we're selling a product just like any other business would but at the end of the year there's no dividends paid it all just goes back into our mission back into our cause and I mean it's not like you know a social entrepreneur doesn't wake up and say you know like I'm going to start this nonprofit company, bring change to the world, and then expect to write themselves a big fat paycheck because I don't think mm. that's realistic. Mm. But it, it's um, it's it's something that we're working towards. And like we also look towards other successful nonprofits. Like, you know, there's Crochet Kids in California, who is a huge inspiration for us. They are, you know, they gross, you know, two million dollars a year. But that's it's a nonprofit. Everything gets reinvested into their mission and their business. And it's so inspiring to see other large scale companies doing that now. 